And there's a scripture in Psalms 139. It says, where could I go from your spirit? Or where could I flee from your presence? If I send him to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, the place of the dead, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning or dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the night shall be the only light about thee. Yea, the darkness hides not from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Why did I read that? Because you have to understand is, is no matter where you might be in your life right now, God's there. Yeah. Because where could you go from my presence? That's right. Where could you, if you go, if you go there, that's where I'm at. If you're going to run to the farthest parts, you know what? I'm there. You go to the, you go to hell, you know, he's talking about Jesus being crucified, but he's saying, you know what? But you know, I went there. But realizing darkness and night, just, it doesn't matter what darkness you're in because, because light and darkness are the same to me. Because there's no darkness in him. So I don't know how dark you might think your situation might be right now or where you are in your life right now. But realize the spirit of God is there. Realize that the glory of God is there. Realize the goodness of God is there. And as Cassie was saying, that he has good gifts for you. But you know what? You have to open up your arms and say, you know what? God made me worthy to receive every gift that he has for me. You know what? Stop beating yourself up for your past mistakes or your failures or things that happened in your life in in the past. God is still with you. God is still beside you. God still loves you. God still cares about for you. And he still has good things for you. He has good things for you. He has extraordinary things for you. Open up your heart to him. Open up your heart and just allow him to pour on you his goodness, his presence, his peace. Darkness is not a, not, not necessarily a state of a room. Darkness is a state of a heart. Darkness represents confusion. It represents fear. It represents hopelessness. Represents failure. But this morning, I believe that he wants to manifest his light in your life. And we've been saying the phrase, show us your glory. Probably since November, I guess, October. We know the glory of God is the goodness of God, the power of God, and the presence of God. And and I was really looking over Exodus 33, and I was seeing some things in that and and really asking, okay, where did this begin? Where where did Moses' heart cry start? And, And so I started reading in the first part of that chapter. And he tells Moses, he says, I want you to take you and the people, and I want you to go to the promised land. And and he said, I, he goes, I'm going to send the angel of the Lord with you. And, he, and, and you're going to, because why? Because there's enemies there. There's all these different ites there. But it, God makes a statement and he goes, but you know what? I'm not going to go among you. Meaning this is where I want you to go, but you, I'm not going to be there. Man, throughout the rest of that chapter, Moses' heart cry was, God, I need you in my life. I need you in my circumstance. I need you in my situation. I need you in my life right now. He recognized that, that, yeah, I know that's where you want me to go, but I don't want to go there without you. 
and make, make, a, make a decisive dedication in your heart. And we're all in different places in our walk with God, but make a dedication in your heart this morning that God, I know you have a call in my life. I know you desire to do great things, but Lord, I desire you more than anything else. And I need you in my life. I need you more than anything else in my life. I need your light to expose all darkness. I need, I need you to expose the fear, get rid of the fear, get rid of the past failures, get rid of everything that's in me that doesn't belong because I know you called me to greater things. Just lift your hands to heaven. Just an attitude of surrender. say, show me your glory. Manifest your glory, your goodness, your presence, and your power in my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for restoring my life. Thank you for hope for today, right now in my life. Let there be light in my life, in Jesus' name. Give him a shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Let there be light. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your love, Father. Thank you for your love. Holy Spirit, thank you for being in this place today. Holy Spirit, shed abroad the love of God in every heart here every heart watching by way of internet the love of God you are loved by God you're loved by God you are 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 so loved by God. Man, I just see he just wants to wrap his arms around you and make himself so real to you. You come to church is not about religion, your religious duty. It's it's about expressing a life change that's happened in your life. And it is about opening yourself up for the creator to love on you, to minister to you, to pour into your life exactly what you need. So know today you're loved by God. You're loved by him. I know this might feel silly for the moment, but just kind of wrap your arms around yourself. let the Holy Spirit minister to you just for a moment and love on you. You're loved by God. 
just go ahead and be seated and just the worship team just keep playing. receive tithes and offerings right now, but I'm just going to probably just receive missions offering and regular offering at the end, but just as they continue to play, I just, I just want to talk out of my heart and talking about light in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, you don't need to turn there, just, just, just listen, just Apostle Paul is talking and he said, he made the statement, he said that he got to a place where he despaired even of life. Here the apostle Paul, this giant man of faith, and, and he, he, he comes and he's, he's talking to the, the church here and he goes, I got to a place where I even despaired of life. I mean, it, you, know, you know, a lot of times in life, life can be difficult, life can be hard, life can be challenging, life can throw things at you that, 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 that not, every can, not everyone could handle maybe some things that were thrown at you. Maybe not. You, that life can, the enemy is the God of this world and he hates you. He hates all humanity. Why? Because you were made in his likeness, in God's likeness, and in God's image. The enemy hates you. And he, he wants to, his whole nature, of course, of life is found in John 10. It says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his whole MO. That's his mode of operation. And so here Paul got to a place where, where he was in his life. He said he got to a place where he despaired even of life. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I believe all of us in one time or another, you know, experience those emotions that, that you don't want to go through another attack. You don't want to experience another report. You don't want to go through another setback. You, you don't, you're, you're tired of the way you see yourself. You're tired of the way other people see you. See you. You're, you're tired of going through the same things. But yet the apostle Paul said he got to a place where he despaired even of life. He even got to a place where, where he said, he goes, um, I'm, I'm persecuted. I'm, I'm forsaken. I'm, I'm cast down and all these different things that he, that, that he had these emotional things that, that were going on in his life. And, and, and the thing which you have to understand is the God of this world desires to blind you from any and all answers that, that would bring change to your life. Second Corinthians chapter four says the God of this world that blinds the minds so they don't see the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So the God of this world wants to blind people's eyes to keep them from seeing the light. You see, if the enemy could do anything else right now and you, you have all these different things that you're facing and attacks you might be experiencing in your life, the enemy wants you to see everything else but what the answer could be. But there's something about light Darkness does not have the power to overcome light. It doesn't matter how much darkness you put into a room. The smallest light dispels darkness. 
Let's think about dark. Let's think about light for a moment. Let's look at the nature. Let's, Let's take scripture and let's look at the nature of what light does. In Genesis chapter one, it said God created the heavens and the earth. And it says the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. I don't believe God doesn't create anything void. He doesn't create anything empty. All right. If you look in the original language here in the Hebrew, it said the earth became without form and void. And I believe it came that way when Satan was kicked out of, was kicked out of heaven and it said he fell to the sides of the earth. And I believe that's when it became chaotic. The word without form and void is chaos. And it says darkness was upon the face of the deep. And it said, and the spirit of God hovered and it said, then God said, light be. You see, in the midst of something chaotic, in the midst of something that was in despair, in the midst of something being all torn up inside out, it was confused, had no, had no rhyme or reason to it. In the midst of it, what was, what was said? Light be. So light is the answer to confusion. Light is the answer to wherever you're at right now. Light is the answer to whatever you're going through. Light is what's going to bring change to whatever you're going through right now. Because that's the very nature of light. Light dispels darkness. So if we take take emotional words connected to darkness, such as hopelessness or fear, anxiety, addiction, fear, so many different things, then what what I can say is light dispels hopelessness. Light dispels fear. Light dispels anxiety. Light, Light brings freedom. Go to 2 Samuel. Let's look at another property of light. Second Samuel, another, another property of light. Let's look at light. Second Samuel 22, and you can also see this in Psalms 18. Second Samuel 22, verse 29. It says, for you, O Lord, are my lamp. For you, O Lord, are my lamp. The Lord lightens my darkness. Here, David is saying, okay, I, I've got darkness in my life, but you know what, Lord, you're my lamp. For you, O Lord, on my lamp, the Lord lightens my darkness. For by you, I run through a troop and by my God, I can, I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a shield to all those who trust and take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord and who is a rock except our God? God is my strong fortress. He guides the blameless in his way and sets him free. So here, the Lord is my lamp. He lightens my darkness. And it says, it's by him that I can leap over a wall. It's by him that I can run through a troop. So realizing the property of light, first we see it, it's the fact that it changes things. It changes chaotic things. And here we look at light. Light, it strengthens you and it empowers your life. So think of those two things for a moment. What light does, it empowers you wherever you're at, but it also changes things. It changes you, and it, but also empowers you. That's what light does. It changes you, and it empowers you. His light. Receiving His light. When we say, show me your glory, we're saying, Lord, manifest your light. 
manifest your light in my life. Because right now I can't see, I can't see beyond where I'm at right now. So, so I need light. Go to 2 Corinthians 4. Thank you, worship team. Here it is. Thank you, Father. 2 Corinthians 4. Verse 4 says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants' sake for Jesus. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Now get it, for, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. So here he's talking about creation, meaning when he said, when he commanded light to shine out of darkness, what was he saying? He goes, that same light has shined in our hearts. I mean, the same thing that took place at creation when, when it was in a chaotic state, that same thing that took place is that same light has shined in your hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So I'm seeing the light of the glory of God when I look at Jesus Christ. When I, when I see Jesus, when I get a hold of Jesus, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing the light of the glory of God. Verse 7 says, but we have this treasure in an earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. But we have this treasure. So that same light, Rick, is a treasure in us. That same light is a treasure in every single one of us. But we have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. How could the Apostle Paul make these statements? Look, I'm persecuted. I'm perplexed. I'm, uh, I'm forsaken. I'm troubled. How could the Apostle Paul make these statements and says, you know what? Yeah, I'm troubled on every side, but yet I'm not distressed. He said, I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. He, he says, I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I'm cast down, but I'm not destroyed. See, this is what he was in the natural. But, but you know what? You can't, have, you can't live based on everything you see in the natural. How could he say, I've been cast down, but I'm not destroyed? Why? Because he understood something about the gospel. He understood something about the gospel and the light of the glory of the gospel in the face of Jesus. So we have to get a hold of Jesus and behold Jesus. And, and, and this morning, as you can tell, I'm talking about light, that Jesus is light. And as we look at Jesus, we see light. So no matter what darkness might be in your life, you have to look at Jesus. You have to look at Jesus. Because when we look at Jesus, we see the goodness of God. We see the presence of God. We see the power of God. When we look at Jesus, 
Go to John 1. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. Amplified says, And the light shines on the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it. And light shines on in the darkness, for darkness has never overpowered it. Put it out or absorbed it, appropriated, and is unreceptive to it. Here it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I love that it says, and in Him was life, and that life was the light of men. If you look at verse 14, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and what we beheld His Glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So it's talking about Jesus, and it says, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. It says, and light shines in the darkness, for darkness has never overpowered it. Never. Don't allow whatever darkness that you might be facing right now to overpower your life. Don't make what you might be going through right now bigger than God. Don't matter, make what you're facing stronger than God. You see, that's what the whole show me your glory is all about, is saying, I, I depend on the strength of another. Say, Lord, I need the glory of God in my life is because I need his strength in my life. I, I need his strength in my weakness. I need his power in my weakness. I need his goodness in my life. In the, in the midst of the world that I'm living in, I need to see his goodness in my life. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And darkness has never overpowered it. Darkness has never overpowered it. If we keep reading, it says, There came a man sent from God whose name was John. It says, This man came to witness that he might testify of the light. That all men might believe in it, adhere to it, trust in it, and rely on it through him. He was not the light himself, but he came that he might bear witness regarding the light. There it was, the true light coming into the world. The genuine, the perfect, the steadfast light that illuminates every person. He came into the world and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to them that belonged to him and his own and they, were not, and, and they, were, they who were his own did not receive him. Or did not welcome him. But to as many as received and welcomed him. He gave the authority. To become the children of God. That is the power. To, to those who believe and adhere to and trust in him. Meaning he came. This John the Baptist. He came to bear witness of the light. And so what was the light all about? It was so that we could be called sons of God. Those that would receive his light. Those that would welcome that light would be called sons of God. Go to Colossians 1. It 
Say, let there be light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just believe in light in the midst of your darkness. Whatever you might be facing this morning emotionally, that hope is being breathed into your life, that you're becoming strong this morning. Amen? Because of light. Verse 12 says, Give thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, this is an inheritance. We, we have an inheritance in light. We, meaning this is something that I have a right to. And then it says this, who has delivered you from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. Now think about that for a moment. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. So whatever darkness might be in your life right now, it doesn't have a right to be there. Because you, as a child of God, you have an inheritance in the saints and light. And you have been delivered out of the bondage of darkness, hopelessness, fear, anxiety, bondages, addictions, whatever it is. Those things have no longer have a right to exist in your life. Why? Because you've been taken out of the dominion of darkness. And you've been translated into the kingdom of his son. You, have a, you live by a new set of rules. You live by a new kingdom. There's a, there's a kingdom that you have a right to. There's things that we have an access to in our life. And, and the enemy might try to beat you up and beat you down. But be like Paul. I might be cast down, but I'm not knocked out. Why? Because I have light. Why? Because I've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness. And I've been translated into the kingdom of his son. I have, a, I have a kingdom, that the kingdom of God, I, I am in the kingdom of God. I, I have access to a new way of doing things, a, a new way of living. I have, a, I, as Cassie and Annette were saying, you know, there, there's things and gifts that he has available to us. So in Luke chapter 12, it says, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's the father's good play. He's not holding anything back from you. It's the, what happens is the enemy wants to so focused on, on what we lack, where we're at, what we're going through, what we don't have, what this person has and what we don't have and how you messed up and how you failed. And he'll constantly beat you up with all sorts of things that just come from darkness, shame, blame, guilt, and fear. To keep you in that position and keep you in that place from rising above and realizing that, hey, I live by a new kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, verse 17, it says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, those are the things that need to rise in your life today. Those are the things that need to rise in your thinking. Those are the things that need to rise in your life. The enemy wants darkness to rise. But I'm telling you, you need to, you need to focus on the light. You need to focus on the light. Let's go to John. Go back to John uh, chapter 8. So if we look at Jesus, he's more than just a man. In John 8, 12, it says, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I am the light of the world. He that follows me 
word followeth there means to stay in or remain. So I am the light of the world. He that stays in me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Actually, I'm sorry, but the word walk is to stay in or remain. The word follow, it just means to proceed after. So I am the light of the world. He that proceeds after me shall not stay in or remain in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The light of life. Man. Following him. Looking at him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for light. You see, it's God's heart is to make you free in every area of your life. He said there's no darkness in him. So it don't, God's not the author. God's not the author of sickness and disease. He's not the author of, of, of addictions and bondages and fear. He's not, there's no darkness in him. James 1 says he is the, he said he's the father of lights. The father of light. And it says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes down from the father of lights who there's no changing. It's James chapter 1. There's no changing in him. The, he, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Last time I checked, cancer wasn't a good gift. Last time I, I checked, addiction isn't a good gift. Last time I checked, you know, uh, failure, bondage, uh, fear, those aren't good gifts. Those are gifts that he doesn't have. He's filled with light. There's no darkness in him. You know, I'm just reminded of in, in uh, I believe it's Isaiah 59. It says, when the, it, says the spirit, it says, when the enemy comes in. And people read it in different ways. They say, when the enemy comes in like a flood. Or some people write, right, we said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard. Whatever way, hey, the spirit's lifting up and hey, he's got to go. So whether God's the flood or the enemy is the flood, either way, it's got to change. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, where when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. Lifts up a standard when the enemy comes in. When the enemy comes in, he lifts up a standard against him. It's okay for me to just talk out of my heart. <laughs> and it makes me think of Isaiah chapter uh, 65. And it says, it talks about a highway being there. And, it, and it's a highway. And it says there, there'll be a banner and there'll be a standard that he will be lifted up on. And it's, that standard is Jesus. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard. What's the standard? The standard is Jesus. You see, that same standard when, you know, he, he says in John 12, it says, Jesus says, if I be lifted up, all men will be drawn unto me. If I be lifted up, meaning, meaning anyone that looking at me, what happens is going to be drawn unto them. Why? Because he's a standard. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. Jesus is, he says, I am the light of the world. 
he that follows me does not remain in darkness. Does not remain in darkness. Now, now just because you're a believer doesn't mean you're, you're not going to experience darkness. We read Apostle Paul. I'm, you know, he despaired of life. I'm, you know, I was, I've been persecuted. I'm perplexed. I'm, you know, cast down. But yet he had this revelation of who that standard was. See, the enemy doesn't want you to see the light of the gospel in the face of Jesus. Because he'd rather you just be cast down. He doesn't want you to get to the place where you say, well, I'm cast down, but you know what? I'm not destroyed. The, the enemy wants you to be, at, be perplexed, but you know what? The enemy doesn't want you to say, you know what? But, but I'm not in despair. How could you say that? Why? Because of what you choose to look at. Because of what you choose to see. Second Corinthians 4, you don't need to turn there. I'll, I'll go back there. Well, the outline I had is all gone anyway, so it's all, it's all good. In 2 Corinthians 4, quite a few verses later in this, in verse 17, he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, while we do not look at the things that are seen, while we look not at the things which are seen. We don't look at the things that are seen. Hallelujah. We don't focus on the things that are seen. We don't meditate on the things which we see. We don't put all our time focusing on the things we can see. But at the things which are not seen. Meaning, meaning he's saying, Paul's saying, I spend more time thinking on the things I don't see than the things I do see. See, focusing on what you see in front of you or focusing on what you see, what you think about yourself or focusing on even the, the truth of your past, even focus, that doesn't change your future. That doesn't change your current circumstances. That doesn't change anything. So he's saying, saying, don't look at the things that you see, but he says, look at the things that are not seen. Why? For the things which are seen are temporal. And I love Dr. Savell's definition of temporal, subject to change. It's subject to change. It's subject to change. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Can, can you really get a hold of that in your thinking this morning? For the things that I see are temporary, but the things I don't see are eternal. So th- this really gives me uh, some, some good advice. I need, to stop, I need to stop living in the present, but live in his presence. I need to not stop focusing on my present and live in his presence. You, 
you know, I, I went through some difficult things in 2007 and, and went through some challenging things. And, and in the natural, all I wanted to see was what had happened. All I wanted to see was trying to figure out how would this change? What could I do to change it? How could I fix it? What do I need to do? And so I'm constantly, you know, night and day bombarded and pressured in my thinking of how can I fix this? Trying to fix it, trying to trying to uh, do everything I can in the natural to to make it make sense or trying to, okay, how is this going to work? Well, what if I do that? Well, then that will happen. What if I do this? And I'm trying to play it out in my head of, of how is how is my life going to be fixed? And, and I remember ha- having to come to this scripture and just standing and, and walking, walking the floors, reading this, reading this chapter. For my, moment, for my light affliction, which is for a moment. And I'm thinking, it doesn't seem like a moment. Okay, how is this going to, how is this going to be far more exceeding eternal? There, there's, there's no glory in this. See, I, my mind is thinking of, of, of wait a minute, this, okay, this is, my life has been totally wrecked right now. And there's not anything in the natural that I can do to fix it. But I'm so grateful that I'm not the one that had to fix it. I had to, I had to get my eyes off what I was facing, how it was going to be fixed, and say, Lord, I look, I look at the things I don't see. You know what? I couldn't see my future, but I was looking towards it. All I, I was, and the thing is, is what I believe hinders a lot of people in certain situations is, is because they're going through negative things, all they do is go inward. But you know one of the greatest things? If, if you're facing something difficult, give out. If there's a sickness in your body, go pray for someone else. If there's a sickness in your body, go, go, go serve at the hospital. If there's, if there's, if there's a, you know, wh- whatever it is, if there, there's some things that you're doing, that some things are happening financially, sow a seed. If you don't have finances to sow, start, start giving your time somewhere. Do something. Get your mind off you. Get your mind off you. And then the worst thing I could do in the situation was I was in is to, is to try to figure out how I could have changed it. That's some of the biggest hindrances is people will spend 20 years trying to do what ifs, what ifs, or what if I'd done that, what if I'd said that, and what if this. But you know what? What ifs aren't going to change your future. You have to realize and, and, and base everything in facts, what's going on right now. And what I do know now is the Lord is the one is my light and he lightens my darkness. It's through him I'm going to leap over a wall. It's through him I'm going to run through a troop. My, he is a strong fortress. He is a strong tower in my life. That was a present reality. So I had to focus on who he was in my life, not how I had messed up. Or, or, or maybe God's teaching me something in this. No, he wasn't. He was trying to destroy my life. The enemy was trying to destroy my life. To tell you when the enemy comes in, have the right focus. The spirit of God lift up a standard against him. 
go to First uh, Peter. Sometimes I tell you two more scriptures because I, I don't really know how any more scriptures, so I'm just. <laughs> I mean, my heart as a pastor is on Sunday mornings is, is to give us, I say us, I'm not, not preaching to you, I'm preaching to us. So we're a church family. Amen. Amen. And it is exactly what we need. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 3, it says, But you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. But you are a chosen, but you are a chosen generation. Now let, let, let's read this and make it personal. Repeat that this after me. But I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm a peculiar people. That's for sure. <laughs> that I should show forth the praises of him who's called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, you've been positioned in a new place. You've been positioned out of darkness. You've been called out of darkness and into his light. He, he's called you out of darkness. So, so stop living in the dark. Stop living based on everything that's going on around you. Looking at the media, the news, and what this person is saying, and what's happening here, and what's happening there is not going to bring peace to your life. He's drawn you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You should show forth the praises of him. You should show forth the praises of him. <laughs> you should show forth the praise of him that's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You've been called out of dark. Can we've been called out of darkness? Hallelujah. Cassie, we've been called out of darkness. Darkness is no longer a part of my future. Thank you, Father. Called out of his darkness into his marvelous light. Man. Man, he's empowered us with light. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He's gave us his word. Everything that you need in this life. Show forth the praise of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank you, Father. I thank you for light. Thank you for light. Thank you that we look to Jesus. We look to Jesus. He is the light of the world. It's interesting that Satan says, it says that he's the God of this world. But Jesus turns around and says, you know what? I'm changing things. I am the light of the world. So he that follows me shall not stay and remain in darkness. No matter where you are right now, follow him. Follow him. Follow Jesus. Wherever you're at this morning, follow him. Whatever you're facing, follow him. 
Follow Jesus. He's called you out of darkness into his light. Follow him. How do I follow him, Pastor Justin? And it starts by just getting the word, get to know him. Come to church isn't about doing your duty, so to speak. Coming to church is to get to know him. I mean, I, you know, I, some of you heard my testimony. I, was, I had a respir- respiratory disease. I was working at a liquor store, 20 years of age, had no hope. I couldn't go in the military. I had all sorts of other things. I had no direction, no future. You know, my, sister, my, my sister's living room, darkness was all around me. But I cried out. I said, Lord, if you're real, I need you. And the enemy had come in and had wrecked my life. But I'm telling you, when I cried out to God that day, in January of 1993, the the, the Spirit of the Lord came in and healed my body. His light invaded my darkness. And since 1993, I've been on a constant journey to get to know the one who is light. And that's his desire for each one of us. It's to know him. To know light. To know the peace that's found in his light. To know the joy that's found in his light. To know the strength that David talked about, about him being a lamp. And a light to him and as a light to his pathway. Father, I thank you for illuminating our darkness and whatever darkness we might be facing today and and just waging against people in here today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Everyone stand to your feet. Isaiah 60 says, Arise and shine. Arise and shine, for thy light is come. It's a prophetic scripture. Amplified says, Arise from the depression and the prostration in which the circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. He says, Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come. I love how it doesn't say your light is going to come. It says your light has come. Your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Verse 2 says, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and dense darkness all the people. But the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen on you. This scripture was written for this time. It was written for, we're living in this time of this prophetic scripture. It says, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness all the people. Man, are are we living in a time there's darkness all around? But it says, 
but the Lord shall rise upon you, and his glory shall be seen on you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.